Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. These guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yo, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yo, I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's seen us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can join in. 806-855-53712. It is job approval. Tuesday. We're looking at job approval rankings, ratings, votes from the head coach of the football team and the two assistants. I believe both of the assistants will be up. Let me rephrase. Kitley will be up. DeRuder, maybe his lowest of the season, but when you've been 99% all year, lowest of the season is relative. I mean, he might be 96 So far through nearly 500 votes in the last couple of hours. Do you approve of the job that Joey McGuire is doing as the head coach of the Texas Tech football team? 100% yes. Do you approve of the job that Tim DeRuder is doing as the defensive coordinator of Texas Tech football? 99% yes. That is 500 votes in. Then do you approve of the job Zach Kitley is doing As the offensive coordinator, 90%. We will talk through these tomorrow on KAM.com as we give you a graph of the year. And the only person who went up and down was Zach Kitley. Now, I want to give another clarification for these job approval polls that I think is very important or at least illuminating on why Zach Kitley is going up and down this year and Tim DeRuder is treated like the best defensive coordinator of all time at 99%. Because Tim DeRuder has been a very good Texas Tech defensive coordinator. But as a team, they're giving up 29 points per game and they gave up 30 last year. So why are we saying that Tim DeRuder is, bar none, hands down, the best defensive coordinator in history of the program since the air raid began? Well, 
you've been that bad. And again, it's all relative. And relative to the defenses that have been here in Lubbock, at least this one was consistent. And even when it gave up points, you were still in games. And if you dig even further into the numbers, you had a pick six in three separate games. And I would assume your points per drive and all of that are much better than they've been. And I'm sure you can prove analytically that this defense with starting field position and everything else is the best it's been in a while. But I do want to give credit to Keith Patterson, who I thought set a really good at least starting point for what the defense was this year. And I guess what I'm really saying is Tim DeRuiter, I think this year was baseline defense. I don't think it was up to his standards. I don't think it was even that good nationally. It was good for Texas Tech. But I think if you ask Joey McGuire, they want the defense to play better. You think Tim DeRuiter enjoyed that Oklahoma game? Or watching back the Oklahoma film? You think he enjoyed all the blown coverages? The one-play drive against NC State? The one-play drive against Oklahoma? The two blown coverages against Texas? If this was baseline defense... You're in for a really good defense in two years because I think it'll improve every year. It's just funny to me that the baseline is at 99%. (laughs) There's nowhere to go but up. I mean, if Tim DeRuiter improves next year or is the same, um, now the standard changes because it's not the same next year because it's not the best since. It's just the best since last year. And that's a whole lot different than the best since 2011. We talked about that yesterday with the team. If you go 7-5 and five next year, then it's, well, it's just 7-5 and five since last year. That's not as big of a deal as 7-5 and five since 2015. And if you beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same season next year, it's not as impressive because this year you beat Texas and Oklahoma for the first time ever. Next year, if you beat him in the same season, it's the first time since last year. And that that is why the standard changes. Uh, and that is why 7-5 for Texas Tech looks so damn good this year because you hadn't been doing it. And that's why a winning bowl record or a, a winning conference record looks so good because you hadn't been doing it. That's why the defensive coordinator looks good because you hadn't been doing it. You hadn't been playing defense. The 80th defense in the country looks really good compared to the 130th. So I'm happy that fans were very consistent with Tim DeRuiter this year. But I am even more excited about what this defense is going to be in the future because, quite frankly, I didn't think it was great this year. 
It was just better than it's been. And in a lot of ways, I think it was the same as it was last year because I thought Keith Patterson's defense, even in 2020, where you were up and down, you were up and down certainly last year. But across the stretch, you only gave up 23 to Oklahoma. You just, Oklahoma State, you just didn't score. In your one win, you gave up 41, but had the field goal to win it. Sounds similar to this year. Down the stretch, you played Baylor. I think Baylor beat you at 24 points? 27? Was it 27, 24? I mean, you'll take all that. The year before when you beat Baylor in Lubbock. Great defense. You only beat West Virginia because of your defense the year prior in 2020 as well in Lubbock. So... I think the defensive standard has been risen over the last three years, and it's the bar has been moved upward every single year. But when I see stuff like Deruder's the best defense in decades, I just I want to caution you because you're setting the bar too high. <laughs> or or too low. You're setting the bar too low. Like expect more from a defensive coordinator. Because I know Joey does, and I know Tim DeRuder does. It's just, it, it really is just fascinating. Because on the opposite side, you've had, you know, Mike Leach. You've had Cliff Kingsbury. Even David Yost put up a ton of yards and was the number one offense in the conference. Not points-wise, but... Yardage-wise. So when Zach Kitley struggles to move the ball, even though he's a top 50 offense, top 20 offense, it's garbage in Lubbock. So it's all perspective. It's all perspective. Job Approval Tuesday is going on. If you want to vote, you can either text in 806-855-3712, give your opinions, on each coach, or you can vote on Twitter at Rob Bro Show. Uh, other stuff going on: Texas Tech basketball playing Georgetown tomorrow. Uh, this is a fascinating game in a lot of ways to me. Uh, this is a mid-major. This is not a directional school. It's a bad mid-major coming in. It's going to be a quad. Potentially three, probably a quad four win if you get it. But you have to go out and do it. And the crowd is going to be decent, I'm sure. Talent-wise, you should blow Georgetown out of the gym. In fact, until conference play starts, you're not going to be less than a probably a 14-point favorite in any game. But there are times when teams struggle. And I'm not predicting a struggle against Georgetown like you had against Ohio State, who I think is a really good team, or Creighton, who I think is a top-five team in the country easily. Easily, and I'm really excited to see uh, Texas and Creighton play. 
and I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to caution anything because I think Texas Tech will cover tomorrow against Georgetown, but it's just these, it's this early town matchup, early season matchup where a team can overlook, especially coming off the Thanksgiving holiday in Maui, can overlook an opponent. And you do not want to overlook a Big East opponent. I don't care who it is. Because they still play Big East basketball. And they still have Big East players. And stranger things have happened. We will take the break when we come back. More Rob Bro Show. You can text in 806-855-3712. We'll get into some more season wrap-up thoughts and maybe a little transfer portal talk when we come back on the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Saturdays at 2 p.m. on Talk 103.9 and 1340 a.m. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. I'm not going to get too into the weeds here because, well, I don't really know. Uh, but the transfer portal is hot. Um, I have not seen any big names or any names in that, for that matter, out of Texas Tech transferring yet. Uh, and I do emphasize yet because there will be movement. And just just an, an, uh, a word of advice, maybe a little bit of a, an urge of caution, just because just because you see a guy transferring out doesn't mean there's a problem. And it doesn't mean they're not tough. And it doesn't mean they don't want to grind it out. There's only a certain amount of spots that you can have players on the field. And if a guy is in his second or third or fourth season at a school and is not playing yet, probably a good chance he's not going to play, especially in this situation where you're going to start out-recruiting where you've been recruiting. With 25, 26, potentially 28 high school kids coming in on scholarship. And I'm sure some transfer targets. There is going to be what many would call roster churn at Texas Tech. And some of that might be mutual. Some of it might be a guy you'd like to stay leaving. And some of it might be a little more mutual on the program side saying, Hey, we'd love to find you a new spot or feel free to stay. But as a preferred walk on with an NIL deal, that happens at every program, every high level program. There are changes like that. Now you're not, 
getting scholarships ripped away all the time, but especially in today's world, right, with scholarship limits and ability to put a guy on an NIL deal that can pay for his school, he just has to be responsible and do that. There are ways around scholarship limits. I mean, there are at least 15 walk-ons with that NIL deal this year, I believe, or more. And I don't know if it pays for all of school, but it certainly is a much better situation than you had before for any preferred walk-on who is paying their full ride. You're also seeing a ton of guys entering the transfer portal from the University of Texas today. I'm sure a lot of that is roster churn from Herman era guys into Sarkeesian era guys. And you're seeing a lot of guys enter or talk about entering the transfer portal from Texas A&M. A lot of the guys you see entering the portal will have had offers from Baylor and Texas Tech in the past, and those names will be tied to Texas Tech, especially if it's a fast wide receiver, an offensive lineman, or a linebacker. And I would assume you're going to go and get some transfers like you did last year. You added, I think, seven offensive line transfers and maybe 15 transfers total last season. I don't think you do that again. To that extent, but with the amount of seniors you had and with the amount of leeway that you get with adding true freshmen through the high school ranks, there is going to be some space. When Joey McGuire was hired, he talked about the transfer portal and he said, we would love to go get guys who left the state of Texas and want to come home. That was his transfer goal. Sonny Dykes and SMU killed in that respect when he was at SMU. And I'm sure TCU is going to take the same approach under Sonny Dykes this year. And why wouldn't you want to transfer to the team that is 12-0 and playing in the playoff? I'm sure they'll get a really good transfer class, and I'm sure they'll get an even better recruiting class. They are number one in the new Big 12 right now in recruiting. Baylor is right behind, and you're right behind Baylor at third in the new Big 12. Uh, in the current Big 12, I would have to go look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati might be right there in front of you, too. Luke Fickle leaving is interesting. We'll see how fast they make a hire to keep that recruiting class intact. I think UCF is also recruiting well. There are also some names popping up from outside of the state of Texas that do not come to Texas that were recruited by Baylor and Texas A&M originally. And those names might be tied to you as well. 
if you lose a quarterback or two, I'm sure you'll add a quarterback or two, either with even with Jake Strong coming in. I think offensive lineman is an obvious spot to maybe add an older player. Though I do think you have a lot of hope that these young guys are growing and learning. I think Ty Buchanan was a transfer from USC that was young this year, but has potential. Monroe Mills was a great add from Oklahoma State. I think he'll go into next season as a starter. Beyond that, I do not know what the plan is for a lot of these offensive linemen that are here. But with five true freshmen coming in, and I think nine freshmen on the roster, and a lot of sophomores as well, you are growing and getting older, but as Matt Wells always said, you can get immediately older through the transfer portal. So if you could go get a grad transfer that's like 26 and has some life experience, like a Stormont or a Burger, to have a stopgap for some of these younger guys, or at least as a veteran presence in the locker room, for a really young offensive line, I think you'll try and do that, especially if you get a Power 5 starter that is going through a coaching change or just wants to come to a new conference. This off the text line, what what position do you think will be the first transfer we get in? Uh, Offensive line um, or wide receiver? And I really like the wide receivers that are here at Texas Tech, but I know that Joey McGuire and Blanchard and Nance value speed. So if there is a really fast wide receiver out there uh, that wants to come to Texas Tech, you're not going to turn that down either. I think linebacker is an area of need moving forward. I think corner is probably an area of need moving forward. Though you have some young guys ready to step up there as well. But the transfer portal is an opportunity. And if you want to be Mike Gundy and talk negatively on the transfer portal and not talk to any of your guys who might want to leave and not have any dealings in the NIL, you're going to get left behind. And Joey McGuire is not that way. Joey McGuire is leaning into the transfer portal. He's leaning in to the NIL. And you have a scouting department that's not just scouting High school, it's scouting the NCAA. And if you're taking other Power 5 guys, if you're taking guys up from Western Kentucky or wherever else, you're going to have to just believe that those guys are legit. Now, I do think the offensive line transfers this year were a little underwhelming. Though Cole Spencer got hurt and did not play, you did not see Cade Briggs. Wilburn was great. Buchanan, young, and on the field when he was, got injured. So that might have been a, hey, let's just add some more bodies. But I I predict that you'll be a little more successful bringing in guys this year than last. Mostly because you've been here for a year and you're not trying to scramble in October for guys who've been recruited all year.
All right, let's take the break. When we come back, more Rob Bro Show. We'll get off the transfer portal and talk. Maybe some conference championship weekend. The college football playoff rankings come out tonight. Maybe a little more college basketball. It's Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show. It's all tied nil-nil in the World Cup as Iran and Team USA face off. Looks like that's uh, 37 minutes in to the first half. Team USA needs to a score B win to move on to the uh, round of 16 the group of 16 whatever they call it Big 12 basketball last night Texas Southern dropping one to Kansas 87-55 Texas Southern now 1-3 in in Big 12 play I think Kansas also dropping to number nine in the country as they lost their first game and had an overtime win last week. Baylor number six in the country at five and one will play Marquette and Shaka Smart tonight. As the Big East Big 12 battle begins tomorrow, the Big East Big 12 battle continues as Georgetown, who is four and three, comes to Lubbock to play Texas Tech four and two, and Kansas State will be at Butler. Kansas State undefeated on the year, still unranked. Iowa State five and one, but they beat number one North Carolina. They'll play North Dakota outside of the Big East Big Twelve battle. North Dakota not a Big East school. That is uh, tomorrow night, and then Providence. And TCU will face off on Wednesday night as well. That is a Big 12 Big East battle. Thursday, the Big East Big 12 battle continues. Oklahoma State at UConn. UConn 8 and 0, number 8 in the country. Creighton, Texas. That is number seven versus number two. Creighton six and one on the year. Uh, after losing to. So when did they? Oh, they lost to Arizona in the finals of the Maui Gym Maui Invitational. Uh, but they beat both Texas Tech, who is ranked, and. Arkansas, who was a top 10 team at the time uh, last week before losing to number 14, Arkansas. So very good showing for Creighton, who is number seven in the country. They face number two in the country, Texas, Thursday night. That is something I'm looking forward to. Uh, And then finally in the Big East, Big 12 battle, Kansas will host Seton Hall. Uh, That is also 
Thursday. The Big East Big 12 battle wraps up on Saturday. Oklahoma, Villanova, West Virginia, Xavier. Both of those at the Big East programs. Another big matchup in the Big 12 this week. Baylor-Gonzaga. Gonzaga down. Allegedly, Gonzaga down. They have lost two games so far this year. Uh, they were beat by Purdue. Purdue. Uh, and Texas. And Texas throttled. Throttled Gonzaga. Uh, that was at the Moody Center. Also at the Moody Center is that Creighton game. Uh, which, uh, that should be a really good game. By the way, you all need to prepare yourselves that uh, Texas is good and might win the Big 12. Uh, it looks like we have a goal in the World Cup as... Team USA, the U.S. men's national team, takes a 1-0 lead as Christian Pulslik has a right-footed shot from very close range to the bottom left corner, assisted by Serginio Dest with a headed pass. Even the game cast on ESPN is... I don't know what you would call that. But that was in the 38th minute. Christian Pulslik, uh, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, whatever you want to call it. Are you a World Cup guy at all, Eric Connor? No, me neither. I do like soccer. I, I am a huge soccer fan in the summer because soccer is one of those sports, much like hockey, that is really fun in person. The Lubbock Matadors games, uh, I'm a huge Lubbock Matadors guy. Love going to watch those games. Love the soccer atmosphere in person. I just didn't really get up for this World Cup. Now, the World Cup in 2026, is it every four years? 2026 is going to be in North America. It's actually going to be in North America slash Central America, I think. There's going to be games in... Mexico, the United States, and Canada. And there's going to be World Cup games at Jerry World, which would be awesome to go to. Again, I'm not a soccer guy, but I am a live sports guy. Live baseball, really fun. Live football, obviously fun. I'm a TV football guy, too. Uh, but even anymore now, I'm not a I'm not a TV baseball guy unless it's Texas Tech. I love college baseball, but I'm not uh, sitting down watching the Texas Rangers very much. Now I might now that Josh Young is involved, and now that Bruce Bochy's involved, and it's not the analytics nerd uh, Woodward that's the coach anymore. But that's cool. All right, uh, almost a halftime here. I'm sure they'll do some extra time. Uh, Iran is offsides, and those are some names, by the way. Uh, we also have Tyler Adams, who has shown a yellow card. Good. Good, Tyler Adams, the captain, getting out there. He's the guy that the uh, Iranian uh, reporter was like, 
You you mispronounced our name. What's it like being hated in America? What's it like to represent your country even though they hate you? And Tyler Adams gave an incredible answer. I encourage you to go look up Tyler Adams' press conference. That's why he's the captain of the team. A measured, mature response to a a jerk question from the Iranian uh, reporter there. All right, we'll take the final time out of the show when we come back more World Cup. Maybe. I don't know. We'll also talk about more college basketball. Maybe get into Texas Tech a little bit more. And you know what? Some final thoughts from the Texas Tech regular season, which we have not done yet. We'll do that when we come back. It's the Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. The text line 806-855-3712. Um, if you call the text line number, you can leave a voicemail. And it will show up as a text. But I also can hear it if I go through the proper channels. Um, I kind of want to play this one. It's very sweet. I, I, can I, I wonder if I could just... This might not sound good, but we're going to do it anyways because I, I, I like it. This is on uh, the job approval poll. I just want to tell him that our coach has my 100% because he makes the boys feel good about themselves and all of us in the stands feel good. I mean, he is just a wonderful guy. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. And I think there's a lot more to it than just he makes them feel good because so much now in today's landscape of college football, people just talk about it like it's a business. And I've gone through this on my podcast, The Gambling Gauchos. I've talked about it on this program. We've talked about it on the Raiderland I've written about it on KKM.com. Joey McGuire is not a professional coach. He does not run this program like a professional program. He runs it like a high school program because that's what he is. He's a college football coach. But even he says, I'm a high school football coach that gets to coach college football. And Well, nationally, that might sound like a negative. If you're from West Texas, you have a great deal of respect for most high school football coaches in the area. And you understand that those men have more to do with the growth of those high school football players off the field than they do on the field. And culture is a word that gets thrown around a lot. And a lot of times, people don't really know what they're talking about when they talk about culture. 
Well, the team wins. They have good culture. I guess. But it's more than that. And when you see guys like Tony Bradford out in the community, you see players that stay. You see players that come back for super senior years that buy into this program immediately after being here for so long. And you see players in Texas Tech Media Day before they've ever played a game for Joey McGuire say, we just want to play so hard for this guy. It hasn't always been like that. And then you see that play out across a full season where you win three overtime games at home and you never quit. That's all stuff that's learned off the field and taken on the field. That's culture. And you can have culture even when you lose. Because that culture five years from now is going to be these players coming back and supporting Joey McGuire. Yeah, they're going to be supporting the double T. But you also see Baylor players from the last five years supporting Joey McGuire. The very first transfer that came back to Texas Tech, and it seemed like the easiest transfer ever. Do you know who it was? Dimitri Moore. Why did Dimitri Moore choose Texas Tech? Was it because he thought he could play? No, he came back to play for his high school coach who impacted him five years previous. The very first commit to Texas Tech, the day after Joey McGuire was announced as the head coach, was a Cedar Hill player and then another Cedar Hill player who had heard about Joey McGuire and always wanted to play for him. That's the impact. So when you get texts like that that are just kind of sweet and heartwarming, there's more to it. And it's absolutely right. And that's the text of the day right there. He makes the players feel good about themselves. He builds the players up. He encourages the players. He's not beating them down. They don't all want to quit on him. He's not some loose cannon screamer. He values his family. He values the coaching staff. He allows the coaching staff to value their families. Before the season started, I was talking to a coach's wife. And through the off-season camp, which is generally the busiest time of the year, these guys are preparing for the season. She was like, oh, the families are always welcome in the facility. 
And she was raving about the culture that Joey McGuire was building for the families. When you look at job approval ratings so often today in this professional world of college sports, you only look at wins and losses. But making players feel good about themselves is important. It builds confidence. Cliff Kingsbury always was looking for a killer instinct, a winning edge, confidence. That stuff is built. That stuff is fed. That stuff is grown. You're growing it. You're building it. You're getting it. I'm Rob Bro. I'll be back tomorrow for the Raiderland. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9. News Money Sports. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.